the reading of the scriptures, reading Psalm 66, invite your reverent, joyful, thoughtful uh, hearing of God's word in Psalm 66. To the choir master, a song, a psalm. Shout, shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name, Selah. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There they did we rejoice in him who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves, Selah. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You have brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will perform my vows to you, that which my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer to you burnt offerings of fattened animals with the smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Selah. Come and hear, all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed me from his steadfast love. Uh, one of the uh, great uh, enduring words of our faith is, is that we, uh, we are delivered. Uh, but it's also just as true that uh, throughout our lives we're being delivered. And uh, because God is the subject of that uh, action, both past tense, present tense, and future tense, uh, the action is uh, certain. And because it is certain, we should praise God continually. Uh, if deliverance is a continual activity of God, and it is, then our praise uh, should be uh, just as continual. Uh, and in the case of our psalm this morning, uh, uh, that is what is uh, exhibited by the psalmist. He's offering praise to God for answering his prayers for deliverance, past, present, and future. Uh, he begins uh, in the congregation of God's people reminding us that uh, deliverance is a corporate event. Uh, God saves his people. Uh, God saves his sheep. 
God uh, loves the church. Uh, and so the public gathering of God's people is an essential aspect of our, of our faith. Uh, the church births us, we belong to it, uh, it nurtures us, again, all by the activity of uh, divine power and action. And as a result, when we come together in the church, we should corporately praise God for delivering His people. Uh, the, uh, the call to praise to the church is uh, framed by six imperatives to the congregation uh, found in verses 1 to 5. Uh, let me simply name off the imperatives. Uh, shout joyfully, sing, make His praise glorious, uh, say to God, your works are awesome. Now come and see the works of God. So again, uh, there are many things that uh, are part of our public worship, but constituent dominant part should be the praise and worship of God uh, because uh, He is our deliverer, past, present, and future. Uh, but what happens uh, now in, in, in the text of the Psalter uh, beginning uh, with verse 6, uh, are the reasons we praise God. We could say something like, we praise God because. And that is what uh, the psalmist is going uh, to bring us. So look at verse 6. Because he, he turned the sea into dry land. He passed through the river on foot. Uh, there let us rejoice in Him. Uh, it's obviously an illusion, and, and I know this is uh, quite repetitive, but it's repetitive because of the authors of divine scripture, but it's an allusion to Exodus 15. That God made a land bridge through the sea over which the people crossed safely. Exodus 15, 13, In thy loving kindness, thou hast led thy people, again, a congregation, people of God, thou hast led the people whom thou hast redeemed. In thy strength thou hast guided them thy holy habitation. So uh, he saves... Uh, he saves a nation, He saves a, a people, He saves a congregation. Uh, we praise Him uh, because of that. Uh, the, the second reference in the text, uh, I believe, is a, an allusion to Joshua chapter 3. Uh, people are uh, moving into the promised land, and the moment, uh, the very moment, that the feet of the priest carrying the ark touch the river, uh, there was an unseen dam creating a land bridge so that the people could cross safely into the promised land. Incredible miracle in both, both accounts that God uh, stops up the water so that His people can cross safely. Uh, essence of the Gospel, if you will, John 6.47. He believes in Me as eternal life. Uh, the congregation uh, is facing a geographic barrier God overcomes the barrier in a great act of deliverance. They enter the promised land, which in, in my own mind, the geography of the promised land is something of a picture of eternal life for us. Uh, but incredible miracle. Incredible barrier is a river. Uh, but there are no barriers to God. There are barriers to us, but not to God. And so he delivers his people. Now, both of these are historic events, but they are also continual events. Uh, and we know this again from the Scripture. Um, as you know, 
great allusion to Exodus 15, Revelation chapter 12, the devil attempts to drown the church in deception, but the earth drinks up the river. No question. Uh, you don't have to play games and stand before the Red Sea and think that God will create a land bridge. He's not going to do that. But he does it every day for you by protecting you from the deception of the great dragon who tries to sweep you away. Uh, it's part of his deliverance. Uh, I, I understand perhaps in the repetition of this it, it might uh, become well-worn, but it shouldn't be. It's like the 4th of July for us. Uh, 4th of July we celebrate uh, great works uh, in our own country. Celebrate coming together of a nation. We celebrate breaking the bondage uh, from uh, England. We celebrate great victories. So this continual repetitive reference throughout the Psalter to the Red Sea and even to the Jordan River it was their 4th of July, but it's a reason we should praise God every day. Uh, because if it were not uh, for God, uh, the deceptions of the satanic kingdom would get us, get all of us. None would stand. None are able to stand against him, uh, save God curtails his power. A great reminder of this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, uh, referencing God, who delivered us from so great a peril of death, and will deliver us. Notice the past tense. He's delivered us. Notice the future tense. He will deliver us. It is He upon whom we have set our hope, Paul says, and He will yet deliver us. So the entire span of redemption from beginning to end, God is the great deliverer at every moment. If He were ever to vacate, we would implode. There would be no deliverance. Uh, but... He cannot. And so, He will yet deliver us. It, it's also confirmed uh, in, in our psalm, verse 7. He rules by His might forever. The power of God continually present. His eyes keep watch on the nations. Uh, let not the rebellious exalt themselves. The reminder that God is sovereign. There are no boundaries to His power. If there were, he wouldn't be God. In his eyes, I love this phrase, his eyes keep watch on the nations. The effect is that he keeps the enemy at bay. Uh, the nations want to destroy the church. They cannot. They're on a leash. God holds the leash. A reminder of that great text in the book of the Revelation. Revelation 20. I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key of the abyss and the great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and he bound him for a thousand years. Uh, he binds Satan again uh, as, as a great picture of the fact that Satan cannot deceive the church. So God delivers us by binding the devil. Uh, he can do many things to us. I don't discount that. I don't uh, make light of it. But he cannot deceive the church because he's been bound by the power of God. So at every point in your journey to heaven, God is delivering. He curtails the power of Satan, absent which none of us would enter the promised land.
that he does because he's the great deliverer. And because he delivers past, present, and future, we should praise him continually, corporately, uh, in, in the life of the church. The immensity of all of this causes the psalmist to issue a renewed call to praise. Uh, two imperatives. Verse 8. Bless our God, O peoples, and sound His praise abroad. Uh, and as, uh, as uh, was the case previously, beginning in verses 9 to 12, reasons follow. Specific reasons we should praise God. Uh, we we praise God because He keeps us safe, He refines us, and He delivers us continually. And the constituent parts uh, are, are remarkably humbling. Uh, look, at, look at verse 9. Uh, why should we praise Him? Because, because it is He who keeps us in life. Uh, the verb is really a, a participle uh, with the aspect of continuous action. I and mean, I would translate it in this way, because he is the one keeping us in life, continually, without any lapse of time. If it were any other way, uh, you and I would not be kept. But because God is the one keeping us perpetually, uh, we are kept by the power of God. Uh, he keeps us keeping us alive. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, for us uh, in this age, uh, particular uh, reference uh, is to our souls. Uh, that the enemy wants our souls. Uh, but the enemy is denied. They are checked. Uh, there is a governor upon the actions of those who wish harm to the souls of God's people. They cannot touch the souls of those who belong to Jesus Christ. Uh, certainly a, a well-worn verse uh, in this regard, John 10, 28, I give, e life, give eternal life to them, and uh, they will never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. Uh, the part of the constituent beliefs of the church is that the Spirit of God will persevere within us, keeping us, uh, causing us to persevere. Uh, and nothing can take us out of the hand of the Almighty God because of His almighty power. It is a reason to be sure to praise Him in the congregation. Uh, secondly, uh, verse 9, we praise Him because He does not allow our feet to slip. Uh, this implies uh, a time of calamity, a time of danger. Uh, if you will, we could say that you and I walk on slippery ground, but God makes us sure-footed uh, because we cannot slip. Uh, Psalm uh, 55 and verse 22, Cast your burdens on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. That word shaken is to slip. Uh, that many things will happen to us that uh, may hurt us physically, uh, but because we are in the hand of God, uh, we cannot be shaken. The enemy can, cannot get at our souls. Uh, 
Perhaps a very familiar text, uh, Psalm 121, verse 3. He will not allow your foot to slip. It's a pilgrim psalm. They're on their way to Jerusalem. Uh, great dangers abound. Uh, wild beast, brigands, quicksand, uh, obstacles everywhere, landmines. But psalmist says, your foot will not slip because of him who holds and keeps you and leads you. Uh, forms, I think, the great benediction of Jude, uh, Jude 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. It's a very short book, as you know, of incredible uh, uh, encounters of people falling away from the faith, but not the faithful. They cannot fall because of him who is able. That's why we praise God, because he is able. Uh, if it were left to us, uh, none of us would make it. It is left to God, and therefore those who belong to Jesus Christ will make it. Uh, none will be lost. None will be taken. Uh, I love that phrase, now to him who is able to keep you. That's why we should, uh, we should be a joyful congregation. I oftentimes wonder, how is it in so much of the church today that you are never really secure because it's left to you? You may be saved one day and lost the next. I just have never understood that theology uh, because it's uh, not the truth of the Scriptures. God is able. If he were not able, if he lost any of those that were his, he would not be God. The promise is sure and certain and irrevocable. We are unshakable, not because of our abilities, but because of the divine power and, and, and His ability that infuses within us uh, the power to persevere. Thirdly, in our text, uh, reason uh, for the uh, corporate praise of God in verses 10 to 12 is a, a series of references to testing and refining. Think about it. All of us as Christians encounter difficulties in life. We're always being tested. What should be our response? The praise of God. Because God is sovereign over our refining and our testing. It doesn't happen by chance. There is no chance in a divine universe. Uh, we, we get tested. I, I wish it weren't the case, but it is the case. And that's how God uh, begins to perfect us by removing impurities in our lives and sanctifying us. Uh, again, look at the text, verse 10. For thou hast tried us, O God. Thou hast refined us as silver is refined. Refining of the metal implies firing of the metal, driving off of the impurities and the dross. Thank God, because what is left is much more valuable. And God does that in our life in His, uh, His sanctification. The text says He brings us into a net. He puts burdens upon us. He has the enemy ride roughshod over us. And what should be our response? We should praise God. Uh, because our faith engages. Uh, 
What we see may be incredible obstacles, but God is sovereign over them all. Uh, these, are, these are very interesting texts to me because uh, uh, part of uh, uh, the Christian world believes uh, that you, uh, you, you come to Christ and uh, uh, you put God under obligation by claiming things and he's going to make you wealthy and healthy all of your life. Never really understood that theology. In light of these verses, God's going to test you and try you. He's going to cause you to focus upon the loyalty of His Son, who engaged in the incarnation, who left His heavenly environment, the continual praise of the forces of the angels, and He went to the cross. He was tested, and He was loyal. And it's to drive within our souls and spirits a loyalty to Him, because he was loyal to us. And in all of these obstacles, and all of these tests, we will move through them. And at every point along the way, God will deliver us. I know it's hard to say when you're being tested. And it seems to go on and on. It's difficult to praise God, but that's what the psalmist is telling us to do. Because deliverance is nigh, and God is sovereign. He's in control. Respecting one of these obstacles, uh, you want to turn uh, Psalm 25. Great reminder in the midst of being tested. My eyes are continually towards the Lord, for He will pluck my feet out of the net. God will rescue you. It's what God does. Past tense, present tense, future tense. You're going to find yourself at some point in your life in a net. Maybe family members have uh, turned against you. Throw a net about you. Maybe they'll sick lawyers upon you. God will rescue you. And one thing for sure... They cannot harm your soul. So I think the greater point of New Testament theology. Uh, Psalmist says we come through fire and water. Now that means we come through danger. Verse 12. Uh, the prophet Isaiah alludes to uh, this text in uh, Isaiah 43.2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. In the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. I mean, as you know, the context is the exodus out of Babylon back to the promised land. It's the promise of God to give them safe passage. In these texts, God is telling you that your soul has safe passage. If He didn't promise it, your soul would not make it. At some point, it would turn away and defect and become disloyal. It's a great picture, is it not, in the Old Testament book of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into a furnace of raging fire. They're burned up, aren't they? No, they're not. Because God was with them and protected them. Fires may rage around your soul. But because God is with you, uh, the fire will leave you untouched. Uh, 
great, a great reminder, a great picture in the book of Daniel. It's also the theology of the New Testament, Acts 14, 22, through many tribulations, uh, we must enter the kingdom of God. You will just, are going to encounter tribulation. It's the point of the text, but you will never encounter them alone. God will see you through it. Uh, he will enable you to overcome. Uh, amidst all of the hardships, he will rescue you. That's why we believe in the security of the believer. Uh, not because we get it and others don't, because of who God is. Uh, he makes us uh, secure. The outcome is never in doubt. And then in the midst of all of this testing, now look at the outcome, latter part of, of verse 12. Yet thou just bring us out into a place of abundance. Abundance. This word abundance is the word of Psalm 23.5. My cup overflows. That's what God does for us. He puts us in times of hardships that we will come to love Him all the more. He will forge us into steel of loyalty because of the loyalty of His Son to us. And uh, He will rescue us from it all. Uh, he will set a banquet table before us in the presence of our enemies. And our place and our cups will never run out. That's why we're to praise God. The Greek translation of the Old Testament says he, he leads us into relief or refreshment. I mean, isn't that the point of uh, amazing grace? Uh, through many trials, snares, the grace will see us to the end. That's why we call it amazing grace. And that God is the subject of it all. So God provides continual relief in the journey, which will eventuate in eternal satisfaction, and that God keeps us safe while refining us and bringing us into abundance. One of the reasons we go through difficulties in life, painful as though they may be, is that God is forging within us a purity of life. Uh, It's the point of the great metaphor, the refining of metal. Uh, so you, you can rejoice because uh, God is at work. Uh, in, in verses uh, 13, there's a, a radical shift in the text from the plural to the singular. Uh, what, what has uh, gone before has been uh, the praise of the congregation, so it's in the plural. Uh, now the psalmist begins to speak uh, singular. Uh, verses 13 to 20, uh, deliverance is, uh, is also an individual event. It's a corporate event, verses 1 to 12. It's also an individual event. Uh, uh, we are the church, and the church is made up of individuals. Uh, God saves his people, but he also saves individuals. If the church is under duress, and so too is uh, the individual, and so the psalmist now speaks uh, individually. So again, verse 13, I shall come. I shall come into thy house with burnt offerings. I shall pay 
be my vows. Notice, though, he's coming into the congregation. I'm always by, amazed by these Christians that encounter some difficulty. They get mad at someone in the church. And so they leave. The psalmist doesn't get mad. He goes to church. He, he's thankful. He's glad that God is at work. But he comes to pay his vows uh, in the worship of God. Uh, and he praises God for delivering him. Uh, we experience testing, we pray, and God answers the prayer. God sees us through it. And the deliverance is a prelude to service. Uh, and service in and of itself is an act of praise. In the case of our psalmist, he comes to pay his vows. It's an act of uh, praise of God. Uh, he comes, in this case, to offer sacrifice. Uh, in New Testament theology, Romans 12, we are the sacrifice. Uh, and so we serve God in thanksgiving. Uh, uh, Romans 12.1, think again of the context. Chapters 1 to 11, the great act of God in justifying us and sanctifying us. What should it do in our lives, cause us uh, to present our bodies a living sacrifice because of all that God has done? Uh, it's an act of thanksgiving. Uh, we don't retreat to the world. We continue to serve and praise God, even in difficult times, uh, because of the abundance that awaits us. And, and again, as was the case uh, previously, uh, the individual vow of praise is followed, verses 16 to 20, uh, by reasons, reasons to praise God. And so verse 16, come in here, all ye who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. It's incredible. He's going to, going to share a testimony of the individual and what God has done for his soul. I prayed with a sincere heart. Verse 19, God answered my prayer. We praise God because he hears and answers our prayers. I understand that the timing is a great tension. But again, we remember that God is in control of the past, the present, and the future. We know that he saved us and rescued us in the past. And that informs the present and the future so that we can even praise him in the midst of difficulties in the future, knowing that in his own timing he will come for us. And the enemy cannot take our soul. Caught in the maelstrom of the exodus, we pray, God hears. And, and, and the text reminds us that we, uh, we should pray absent iniquity and, and uh, wickedness. We, we do not come... Uh, dirty or harboring sin. But we come as a repentant people. Uh, we, we continue to fail, but we should continue to repent. And God continually rescues us. And we come in confession, and again, repentance. And God is attentive to the supplicant, meaning He answers. Uh, he answers. Uh, verse 19, God has heard. He has given heed to the voice of my prayer. Uh, so, uh, theology of the Apostle Paul, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18, the Lord will deliver me from every evil deed. He will bring me safely to the heavenly kingdom. Witness of the Apostle Paul, that God delivered him, God continues to deliver him, and God will bring him safely into the heavenly kingdom. It's the reason you're to continue to be thankful continually serving, 
continually offering up your body as a living sacrifice because God will lead you safely into his heavenly kingdom. Uh, And all along the way, in all of the difficulties, in all of the trials, in all of the tears that you will someday shed, or perhaps in your spirits right now you're shedding because of some unknown exigency uh, that the congregation is not aware of. Hear the words of the Apostle Peter. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation. Because that is what God does. He rescues His people. He always rescues His people. Deliverance is what God does for His people. It's who He is. It's the basis for corporate praise, the basis for individual praise. The final reason for praise uh, is the trustworthiness and dependability of God, verse 20. He has not turned away my prayers nor His loving kindness for me. Uh, God does not reject our prayers for deliverance. Uh, He does not leave us or desert us. Uh, I love the text of the Psalter. Uh, The psalmist says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Because God always keeps his own. He always comes through. He is perpetually loyal. Great covenantal term here. Hesed, the loyal love of God to his sons and daughters. Never turns away. I know there's dark times in all of our lives. uh, But the psalmist is telling us that God is there. That uh, God will rescue. He will see you through it. And because of our great God, our deliverance is continual and without interruption. And so our praise should be continual and without interruption. Reminder of what the church is about. Both its constituent parts as individuals of the congregation and the congregation's whole. You come to church to do that because of what God has done for you. And it's the greatest of reminders that... Uh, He will see you into the promised land. And we also have another reason to praise God this morning. Uh, And that is uh, we're going to uh, observe the uh, sacrament of Christian baptism. If you turn to the back panel, uh, uh, baptism in my own mind is a public confessional statement uh, in which uh, the baptized is uh, telling the church that they are renouncing the kingdom of evil and pledging their loyalty to the kingdom of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That they have come to faith that God has delivered them from their sins. uh, And that they are pledging their loyalty and they are making it public. The public confession. Uh, And so reading Romans chapter 6, verses 4 to 6, Therefore, we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, in order that as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have become united with Him in the likeness of His death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. 
because of his redemptive work, because he has rescued us uh, from our sins, paid the penalty, ransomed us, uh, we come to serve him. Baptism is in a measure uh, that public expression uh, that, uh, that uh, the individual uh, once belonged to the world and to the devil and Satan and all of its power, but now belongs to Jesus Christ. Great act of deliverance and marvelous uh, benevolence.